Hello, welcome to the 198th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by Tyler Cook, Chad Cunningham, and Alex J. Sherman. Thanks for being patrons, pals. I'm Matt Enlow. And I'm Warren Kaplan, and today we have Johnny Price, the head of fundraising for WeFunder, which is a, a website slash platform that I had never heard of until Matt told me about it. And uh, then Matt went on to raise like tens of thousands of dollars for a movie on it, despite all of my uh, skepticism. Yeah, yeah. It's a crowdfunding equity platform been made possible through some new laws that basically lets anybody be an investor. And so it's been a really cool and interesting opportunity for filmmakers to kind of reach out to a broader range of people to invest in their films. And I have a film that I am producing that my wife wrote and is directing called What Are You Doing New Year's? Quick plug, go to wefunder.com slash what are you doing New Year's to check it out. I think it actually, all kidding aside, will kind of help give a little bit of context to the things that we talk about. But it's um it's pretty darn similar to Kickstarter, except for that instead of just giving your money away, you're investing it. So you have the opportunity to earn it back in a number of different ways, depending on how you want to set up your deal. And filmmakers like Jim Cummings did it for the, his upcoming movie, The Beta Test, and Maceo Greenberg for Take Me to Tarzana, and a handful of others. Yeah, and I think something that's interesting is like there's this cliche in the independent film funding world where you say when you're trying to raise money for your film you find a rich dentist from your hometown and pitch them on your movie and obviously the the hard fact the hard truth is that most people don't know rich dentists from their hometowns but WeFunder kind of solves that problem and connects you with rich dentists from other people's hometowns that might want to invest in your film that's the truth that's the goal at least so we, t- we talk about it a lot. You know, I think that it's important to just remind people, and I do this throughout the whole podcast, but just, you know, there's a lot of things to be really excited about with any sort of crowd equity platform, but also it's still a lot of work. There's still a lot that uh, goes into making sure that you seal the deal. So Orin and I get pretty excited in this episode, but but it is still not the necessarily the dream come true that you're exactly hoping for. It could be. It could be. Just I like feel Kickstarter like it is. I mean, I, I will say this. Like, hasn't your dream come true? Yes, that is true. It's like, the amount of money that we have received has been very exciting and very astounding. And, like, that people continue to invest in the film and it grows and gets bigger and better is really, really incredible. Yes, that is true. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, you know, even though I have drunk the Kool Aid. I think everyone has to figure it out for themselves. That's all. Right. Before we get into our chat with Johnny, can I ask you two very honest and blunt questions that if you don't like, we can cut them out of the podcast? Let's go for it. I'm feeling raw, Oren. It's been an <laughs> emotional roller coaster. Uh, okay, good. Well, number one, and you're really not going to like this question, is <laughs> do you think if you're not raising money for your movie, there's anything to get out of listening to this episode? I think that if you have ever thought about raising money or if you've ever wished that there was another way to do so, then it's worthwhile. If you're like, I do my art films and I self-fund them and I've got everything I need already, then skip it. Or if you're only interested in like getting hired by a studio. Yes. But, but I think the argument there is that in order to get hired by a studio you have to have made a bunch of things. And one of the, the best things you can make is a feature. Yeah. And so unless you know a bunch of rich dentists, and you know we know <laughs> people who do, then this is a, a way to raise that funding. Right. But ostensibly, a lot of our audience has made things. And yes, that is true. And are getting called up by Bob Iger, head of Disney, on a daily basis, being offered Marvel movies. Exactly. I wonder who calls you to get to offer you a Marvel movie. Um, Kevin Feige. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Hmm. I know Kathleen Kennedy calls you if you get a Star Wars movie. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay, ready for my second honest, even more uh, gut busting question? Yes. So you're making a feature film. You're starting to film. Today's Monday, the 13th of January. You're going to start filming on Friday the. 17th of January. 
And your wife is the director. Yeah. Hey, man, it's a partnership. She wrote a great movie. So we were like, let's do it. And do you, does this, has this had any effect on your feature directing trajectory? Like, is it lighting a fire at all? Or is it um, more like making you feel like, hey, I actually get like a equal, albeit different type of satisfaction from producing? I would say it depends on the time of day, whether I'm like, oh, producing is really rewarding and special or like, oh, I'll never do this ever again. Um, I think that, and also I'm so grateful for all of the experience that I've gained even thus far because it just informs everything else about the way that I will approach my next project. You know, I think it's really helpful to do something on this scale and you know, with this sort of team and, you know, kind of walk the line between really indie and, and something a little more fleshed out, you know, and I think we're going to make something really special. And I think that all of the things that I've learned or had to reteach myself will inform that next project without a doubt. Like you, you can't help but make a mental checklist of like, oh, I do this thing differently, or I really love the way we're doing this. And that's going to continue to evolve as soon as we're into it. That reminds me of something that I've mentioned many times on the podcast. So I'll mention one more time before we jump into talking to Johnny, which is how my DP on my first feature, David Rom, asked me, he's like, are you one of those directors that like it's hour 14 and you're yelling at everyone to work harder and longer because you're making your passion project and this is very important? Or are you one of those directors that understands that everyone here is working for you and that you need to like show them appreciation and support, you know, and it really like kind of changed the, my whole way of thinking about like almost kind of like above the line, below the line, mm -hmm. you know, and how much a passion project uh, gives the creators versus the, the crew and uh, without a doubt, yeah. the relationship that that. Yeah. Dictates. Yeah. And I think just making sure you take time to enjoy it. You know, yeah, um, I think is another thing that's important on on this whole roller coaster. Yeah, well, cool, man. Well, let's yeah. uh, let's talk to Johnny. Let's figure out how to finance all of our dreams. Sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, but before we do that, you could check out our Patreon. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/JustShootItPod, you can throw us a buck or two. If you throw us ten, you get a Just Shoot It hat. And thanks so much for your support. Yeah, our Patreon's kind of been on fire lately, which is very cool, and we're very excited, and we appreciate it, and you patrons will all be able to go for free to our next live event, which is going to be in March, I'm saying it right now. It's going to be a good one. We've got some cool stuff cooking, so you can come talk to me about all of the craziness of the feature I'm just about to shoot, and also talk to some very cool filmmakers. Yes, and we'll get you a date ASAP. Awesome. Well, without further ado, let's talk to Johnny. Hello, Johnny Price here on the podcast. Hey, buddy. Hello, hello. Hey, Johnny. So, Johnny, you are the director of fundraising over at WeFunder, which is a crowd equity platform, uh, which you guys, I think, kind of pretty commonly describe as like Kickstarter meets equity. So rather than giving somebody 25 bucks and getting a t-shirt back or a board game or something um you're investing in the the product the project or the product that uh people are raising funds for that's right oh man i nailed it i feel like i've been telling a lot of people about the platform recently so i feel like i'm redundant quite... you, yeah. i'm not even needed on this podcast <laughs> yeah thanks for coming on johnny price yeah and yeah. Uh, that was a great interview yeah guys. That, that's a wrap thanks, thanks. <laughs> um but yeah so johnny i think you know this is a filmmaking podcast and so i know that we funder covers a ton ton of different uh types of businesses startups and apps and mm -hmm. products and you know kind of everything under the sun um, but specifically, uh, how does WeFunder work with filmmakers um, in those early stages? Say I'm a, I'm a, a young filmmaker. I want to get my movie made. Uh, how do I start working with you guys? Yeah. So I think the best way to think about um, WeFunder as a tool that um, filmmakers can use to, to raise capital is to just imagine a world where WeFunder didn't exist. 
Um, and then it's, you know, you want to shoot this movie, have this vision um, for the movie. Uh, That's very early. easy for us, Johnny. Very <laughs> yes, <easy. laughs> until a few months ago, you were in that world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then, you know, you're trying to raise capital, right? And you have a budget in mind, um, and maybe you've made movies previously, and you go to investors in those movies and say, hey, you know, we work together here, let's work together again on this new movie. Um, if it's your first movie, then you don't have um, that option. So as you guys probably know well, you're like kind of trying to scrape around like friends, family here and there, um, professional colleagues, connections from down the years. Um, you know, you may look to a platform like Kickstarter or Indiegogo um, or uh, what's the other one that's focused on movies? Like uh, Seed and Spark. Seed and Spark. Seed and Spark. Yeah, yeah. platforms like those. I actually don't know what the average uh, raise is in the movie sector on Kickstarter, but I know that across all, all um, sectors on Kickstarter, average uh, campaign raise is 25K, um, which is not that much money. Um, there's kind of probably some saturation that's happened over the last few years. There's a lot of movies that are on Kickstarter. It sometimes can be quite hard to cut through the noise. Um, and so like the average and, Kickstarter campaign raises 25K? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Sounds high to me. That includes all the ones that raise like ten dollars. Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure if that's like successful campaigns or um, all campaigns. Yeah, uh, I but wonder. then you, you get some that are like you know five million bucks, right? Right, right. Okay. But anyway, so so the point is, yeah, I'm on you're, board. you're in this world, like, and uh, you're trying to raise capital, right? Basically, we fund that can come in at that moment, and um, we aim to make it easier for you as someone that's making this movie to raise capital. Um, and we do that in a few ways. I, I normally highlight three key ways. Um, and we rely on this law called the Jobs Act that, that passed Congress in 2012. And then it, it took the SEC four years to roll it, roll it out. They rolled out the regulations in May 2016. And this law allows you to raise money, not just from rich people, not just from accredited investors. If you've tried to raise money before, you've probably heard this term, accredited investors. Most, most companies that are raising money, they feel are constrained to raise from rich people, accredited investors. This law, the Jobs Act, which our founders helped to get through Congress, um, allows you to raise from unaccredited investors. So now, rather than just being restricted to raising money from millionaires and billionaires, you can go to your friends and family, you can go to your um, you know, Bernie Sanders supporters. You can Bernie Sanders supporters love this. Love <laughs> this film. The average uh, contribution is so much less. So, so firstly, we help you raise from unaccredited investors, basically the entire U.S. population and actually the international population. Too. Secondly, and this is another thing that the Jobs Act unlocked: you can publicly promote the offering. So, normally, mm -hmm. when you're raising money, you have to do what's called private solicitation. Um, you can't kind of go out on Facebook and tell everyone, hey, we're raising money for this film. We're raising investment for this film. It has to be a lot more um, kind of uh, covert or clandestine. Um, obviously, Kickstarter is different, right? Because Kickstarter is not an investment. Um, but if you're raising investment capital to make a movie, uh, usually you have to do it through private solicitation. But what the Jobs Act and WeFunder enables you to do is to broadcast it. And you guys make movies, right? You're, you're pretty good at like, telling a story and, uh, you know, marketing that, um, that yourselves and, and those movies. So we now, as a platform, enable you to, you know, uh, through social media or through an email blast or LinkedIn posts or by going on a podcast like this one, you can really get the word out and direct people to the WeFunder campaign. And then the third way that we help um, movie makers uh, raise more capital more quickly is that we have now 300,000, over 300,000 investors on WeFunder um, uh, users on our platform. And uh, we'll put the movie in front of them. Um, and hopefully you raise some, some uh, dollars uh, from those guys as well. And so combination of raise from unaccredited investors, publicly promote the offering, and then get in front of WeFunder's investors. Uh, hopefully we can help you uh, ex expedite uh, that, that fundraising process. Yeah. This third thing is the one that's kind of like the big, uh, create like the craziest part of it all, right? That you're introducing people that have no connections to investors. And I know that like on Kickstarter, they'll, you know, you can advertise your campaign and I think other people can find it, but like 
on Kickstarter, it's like, yeah, my friend forced me to go on this and I feel guilty not donating. And like, am I really going <laughs> to sure. start searching through this website for other things I can just give away money to? Mm-hmm. Um, but on WeFunder, it's a totally different thing. It's like, a, hey, I want to invest in some interesting yeah. things uh, and be engaged and involved in what I'm investing in. And so you might be interested in like, you know, diversifying your portfolio. I'll invest in like a tech startup and a feature film and, yeah. you know, a public works. I mean, I don't know what else. I'm sure. Well, that's all- exactly right. And actually, as as right in the intro, you, uh, you're pitching WeFunder better than I am because I should have made that very explicit um, from the outset. Um, uh, probably the biggest way in which usually help companies or in this case movie makers raise more capital than than a, a perks based platform like Kickstarter or Indiegogo is that um, as you say Oren investors are looking to make a rate of return right and so if you're getting a t-shirt if you're getting you know, whatever the perks are um, hey the, the just shoot it stickers are pretty cool okay, they're, okay. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, no disrespect to those just shoot it stickers <laughs> But yeah, if, if people really buy into the vision uh, and if you have a track record of making money on previous films and returning money to investors, especially, uh, then, you know, someone might put in $10,000, uh, you know, or, or mm-hmm. more. The average investment on, on WeFunder, another interesting um, comparison to Kickstarter, the average uh, pledge on Kickstarter is $80. Um, the average investment on WeFunder is $1,000. Um, so, yeah, that's a... That's another way in which we are uh, a powerful way in which we can uh, oftentimes um, help you to, to increase the amount of capital you, you raise by um, offering a rate of return to investors if they buy into the vision and the economic. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I should say, just to pause this right here, because I'm sure our listeners are about to crash their cars into the you know the the lamp post they're the so Milwaukee excited snowbank. yeah um you know i think a thing that don't crash your cars listeners yeah yeah Grab slow, the down, wheel with slow down yeah as a person who's literally in the process of uh, a raise right now and feeling excited and definitely having been connected with people there's no way in the world i ever ever would have met um a thing that we funder does that i think is really helpful is early on like basically once you start setting up a profile you know you there you have point people who can help walk you through different parts of the process because it is it's not as simple as a kickstarter you have to file with the sec you have to like have third party yeah. accounting look things over there's a lot of things that you're starting a business for real you know you have to form a lot of uh infrastructure before you can start fundraising officially uh, yeah. because the government mandates it um but one of the things that I think you guys are quite good at, and Johnny, the, one, the way that we first met, is that um, you're vetting us to make sure that we can follow through. So there's a higher standard of quality of mm. product on WeFunder. But also, you guys are quite frank with us about it's not it's a, a silver bullet. And so yeah. um, you put us in front of people that we wouldn't have met, but... Um, you're constantly answering questions where people are questioning whether or not your project is going to be good or whether you can actually make money on it or comparing you to things that have failed previously and how, you know, what makes you better than them mm-hmm. um, in public. You know, like if you go to yeah. our, our uh, WeFunder page, WeFunder.com slash what are you doing New Year's? You know, there's a lot of people who are calling us out explicitly and asking us why we think that we can do what we say we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And also... We've had a ton of behind the scenes Skype conversations with different people and like all of those investors we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for WeFunder, but it's up to the filmmaker to close the deal. Yeah. Uh, and you guys said that, you said that to me straight up. <laughs> exactly right. And, and yeah, you know, yeah, the, the kind of the last five minutes or so of what I've been saying has been like pretty rose colored, as you say, people are crashing their cars with glee. Uh, but yeah. To, um, the other side is, you know, if you if you are kind of struggling to to raise capital, it, going back to that world in which we funded it, it doesn't exist. If if you can't raise capital in that world, sad to say, you probably also won't be able to raise capital on WeFunder, right? So what we tend to be is like a magnifying glass. It's like if you can if you can raise capital from investors, if you can pitch investors and sell them and investing in you. We can help you amplify that um, and accelerate that. Um, but you know, if you have 
if you have a, an idea or a concept or a you know quotes business plan uh, that uh, you're really going to struggle to raise from investors in that world where we funder it uh, doesn't exist, we're probably not binary going to be able to all of a sudden help you raise the hundred k that you need to to shoot that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the nice flip side is that we um, as filmmakers who have probably kickstarted before the the skills transfer quite cleanly. Yes, so there, there's new things you have to learn, but like we already had our video shot and ready to go right. because we knew that we wanted to have a pitch video for right. forwarding on to people like to yeah. help close the deal and things. So it wasn't like we were starting from scratch on those materials. Yeah, the marketing aspects, I think there's a lot of overlap, right? Like the mm -hmm. list building, the social media promotion, the the drip sequence of emails, the like start with your friends and family, get money in and then get them to, to get the word out to their networks, et cetera, et cetera. Probably a lot of overlap on the marketing side. The economics piece is probably uh, the biggest difference, right? Because the pitch on the Kickstarter campaign is like, it's a cool uh, just shoot it sticker, you know, or like mm -hmm. it's, it's the kind of pitch we fund it is, you know, we're going to, we're budgeting this. Uh, and we're going to, yeah, this is our plan for distribution. This is our plan for revenue. This is our, you know, plan for how we're going to take that revenue and distribute it to investors. Economic case that you're building up is uh, probably the biggest difference um, in, in mm -hmm. kind of building up a funding campaign and, and pitching it to investors. Yeah, and like I said, yeah, it's exactly. under scrutiny. You know, not just yeah. by you guys, but also the government, and then also, right? You know, people who are trying to suss out whether they're going to invest their hard-earned cash or not yeah. in your movie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Guys, I did not even realize that there was this ask a question section uh, <laughs> on the WeFunder page, which is what I've been reading while you guys have been talking Lawrence, about. God Lawrence knows what. Be asking, asking Joe questions like, what are you wearing right now? <laughs> yeah, no, right. these are really interesting. This is, um, yeah, Matt, I, don't, I had no idea. Like, there's a person saying I've invested in movies and they haven't been profitable. Like, why is your movie profitable? And then people asking about SAG, asking about insurance, asking about completion bonds. Yeah, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, do yeah. you guys, like if somebody was basically just a hater and came on there and told everyone like not to invest in films, would you guys, um, do you guys monitor or regulate or like kind of help? We did, usually the founders, are, if there's stuff like that happen, <laughs> happening, then very quickly we hear about it from the founder. Um, there's pretty strict rules that the SEC have laid out in terms of what questions we can and cannot take down. So someone can be pretty, pretty uh, direct and challenging, and we won't be able to take it down uh, if they are, you know, defaming or libelous or you know whatever those kind of mean legal words are. Uh, then uh, you know, if if it's kind of egregious like that, then we can take it down. Uh, mm. Obviously, um, but yeah, if someone's just like really not sold on the business, then usually. Uh, that's something we keep up, which <laughs> founders are always, uh, you know, wishing yeah. that we had a little bit more leeway to, to take some time. It's legal to be a hater is what you're saying, John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, um, you know, having been on that side where I'm having to like deal with those hard questions and sometimes people are, you know, the film business is slightly different than everything else. And so you hear people hear rumors or they hear horror stories or yeah. maybe they kind of like mix their jargon up a little bit. And so, yeah. you know, I think it's very complicated to answer those questions because you also want to make sure that you present a positive tone. Um, that's well, also legal, you know, like you don't, you can't overpromise anything, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's what I think. I think I would say, Oh, maybe flip it a little, um, which I think is where you were going Matt, with, which is, you know, I think questions like that, hard questions, actually provide you a great opportunity. They because do, if yeah. If someone's going to invest yeah. in your your movie, then it, like hopefully they get that movies like oftentimes lose money, right? If you right. if they don't get that, if they are expecting like this is definitely going to make me money a hundred percent of the time, then you probably don't want them because that's setting like pretty mm -hmm. um, you know unrealistic expectations about the economics there. Um, so. But most investors that are genuinely considering investment know what they're getting into, right? Mm -hmm. And so kind of can see both sides. And it just gives you as the founder the opportunity to craft a thoughtful response to say that. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, these don't make money. This is a, a risk that you are um, taking and considering investing in us. You know, please do not invest in this movie if you're not excited about you know our team and the vision and what we're trying to do, or if, if the story doesn't appeal to you, or what, however you want to address it. But I think oftentimes those t- hard questions, because you can then respond with almost I don't know what the word is, grace, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of positivity, but just also intelligence. Mm-hmm. almost like expose it's like well of course you know this isn't this is a risky investment um and, and by not being defensive about it i think you can kind of really uh paint yourself in a positive light to anyone this week. 100 percent, yeah. yeah for what it's and, worth <clears throat> i hate giving matt compliments but his answer to what makes this movie <laughs> special is pretty good ah thanks man <laughs> well it's a group effort uh shout out to uh Chrissy, who wrote and directed the movie, and B. Shaheen, who is also producing the movie with me. Um, I will say anecdotally, you get a real rush when someone who's kind of been going back and forth with you invests. invests. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Um, pretty great. Um, <laughs> I think the other thing that's interesting to think about in this part of the conversation is like, you know, Oren, you always make the joke of like, if you were pitching a horror movie, people love to bring up paranormal activity right cost eleven thousand yeah, dollars project or, or blair witch project yeah whatever like something where it's like it's an astronomical huge moonshot win but also you know 20 years old mm-hmm. um and you know especially with christmas movies it's easy to look at love actually or home alone you know made a, a billion with a b dollars right mm-hmm. but we obviously that's a different time a different place a different audience set you mm-hmm. know and so it helps you uh, craft language and find comps that are realistic for yourself and for the audience as well, you know, so that you can, you're looking at, you know, recent Sundance comparables, mm-hmm. you know, you still want to, you know, tell like, this is the best case scenario story, right? And and clarify that that is the best case win, but mm-hmm. that you, you're not promising or even hoping for uh, something astronomically successful you know or rather the astronomical success looks different today than it did 20 years ago right yeah yeah well as someone that has no idea about anything we fund related um can i ask you guys some questions about like kind of using your movie matt as a case study yeah by all means let's do it so matt you said this is unlike kickstarter or um indiegogo where that you know it's not like you just like click and your campaign is going you have to set it up and everything but you don't have to spend a lot of money to get those campaigns going but matt you said for this you you know you have to be a legitimate company you have to Mm -hmm. do all that stuff can you guys kind of talk about the average expense it costs just to set up the campaign on wefunder do you want to answer that matt I mean, I can say, and maybe Johnny, you can chime in with whether or not this is typical or if I uh, blew my money a couple of different ways. But um, we started a LLC, um, which can be relatively cheap on like Rocket Lawyer or, um, you know, uh, LegalZoom. There's a handful of places where you you can do that stuff. Um, We expedited ours because we wanted that EIN a little faster. So we ended up paying a premium for it. Which is Um, like the federal ID number that you use for all your accounting. Yeah, yeah. So we basically had to create a company for the film rather than use my own company just to keep things clear and concise and uh, self-contained, basically, mm-hmm. which is a thing that I think filmmakers are used to, but also is, uh, you know, uh, money up front. And then also we had to have a third party um, CPA. Account- CPA, yeah, accounting firm, uh, look through our books. Even though we were literally, at that point, we were a company that was 10 days old, you still have to um, jump through all the hoops of any other company that's uh, you know been in business for a while and looking to raise again, all of that stuff. And so that cost us um, about 1500 bucks, I want to say. So like we were probably about 2000 bucks in before we were able to launch. And that's before we're cutting a video or shooting a video or any of that stuff. Okay. Oh, no, no, uh, no egregious uh, missteps there. Um, oh, good. I feel like, yeah, you de- you definitely need to to have an LLC um, set up. So if you don't already have that, um, getting that set up and then yeah, getting the uh, and that's like eight hundred dollars, right? Or well, I guess that there's the fee to set it up plus the plus annual. taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the taxes of eight hundred bucks, I think, is a different cost that we haven't incurred yet. Oh, okay. 
And then on the CPA review side, the only thing to highlight is um, uh, if you're raising less than $107,000 and you don't actually need to pay that um, independent CPA to do the review of your accounts, um, so then you 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 don't incur the, the $1,500 that you mentioned, um, but then you're limited to raising one hundred and seven dollars But uh, yeah, so I think we've had a few movies on WeFunder that have very, very small budgets or for whom WeFunder is part of the total raise mm-hmm. uh, and they, they launch with a 107 k raise and, and therefore uh, have relatively um, kind of free uh, financials. The the other thing to highlight on the financial side is if the uh, company is more established, uh, which for the most part with movies it, it is like like you Matt a pretty blank sheet of paper. Um, but if there are financial um, transactions, if there's a financial history, then that CPA review can end up being a little bit more than fifteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I basically paid them to look at a, a page full of zeros. Yeah, yeah. it's with the, that's painful, right? Yeah, you know, $1,500. Yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, I think it does help just emotionally and mentally to say, oh, okay, well, I'm doing this right. Right. And I think that's the thing um, that I think, you know, filmmakers are taught how to shoot movies. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's very rarely like a true business of film, like DIY class, you know. And so starting your own company you know, doing all of this to prepping to raise capital, I think is something that, you know, it's, it's quite, uh, when you hear about other producers talking about it, like it's quite intangible, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having people to like walk you through those steps, I think it uh, was really invaluable for us. We wouldn't have been able to do it if we didn't have help. Yeah. And that's one of the roles we try to play is in the kind of upfront conversations and quote screening we try to um, assess, do we think you have a realistic shot here of, of raising this money or do you need to put in place a few more blocks before we embark down this road? Because, uh, you know, from our side, we don't get any revenue unless you meet your minimum goal. Like if you miss your minimum goal, which usually is 50K, uh, then we, we're not getting any revenue from that. So it's been a waste of our time financially. But then on your side too, like if you raise 30K, fall short of that 50K minimum, then you've done the LLC registration, you've done the financials, you've put all this effort in and you end up with nothing. And so from both of our perspectives, we're pretty aligned that we want to have a pretty high success right here. And so we try to assess these things early on in the conversation and, you know, I, I'm oftentimes recommending to people that they don't go forward with, with WeFunder campaigns, but try to focus on you know, finding one or two investors outside of the platform first to prove that there's a demand from investors here mm-hmm. before then coming back and, and re-engaging. Interesting. <laughs> How important do you think it is to have a video in order to have a successful WeFunder campaign? Um, I would say that in this industry, you should do it because, um, you know, it, it, I just think it's almost like weird for an investor if you're like, hey, give me money to make a movie, but there's no like video on the campaign. I don't think it needs to be super kind of, you know, glossy or like expensively produced. Um, but uh, at, at least something. One of my favorite uh, WeFunder campaigns was this brewery in San Diego called Modern Times. Uh, they raised a million dollars um, in four days, uh, most, most, almost entirely from their own existing customer base. Um, and their video was just their founder talking into a camera for a couple of minutes um, about his vision for how he wants to build a company that's like owned by the customers. Um, and that was... But he chugs a beer every every ten seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they're just um, they're duct taped to his hands. Actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, that would be yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I, it's funny because Johnny, I think uh, when you're kind of setting up and there's all the tutorial pages and stuff, there's a lot of language that's like, "Hey, don't make your video look too slick. Don't make it too. Yeah. Don't look like you're trying too hard." And it's a very Silicon Valley sort of mentality, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, startup. Yeah, and as a filmmaker, I was like, "Well, our video can't look bad." You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that is a yeah. good point. I mean, 
you know, there, there are a couple of ways sometimes in which I think our platform is kind of, it was initially geared towards helping tech startups to raise, right? And over time, we've kind of then helped breweries and restaurants. And um, now we're seeing more and more movies. I just quickly looked. I think we've now funded 18 um, movies on WeFunder, and that number is growing. Um, so that's you don't know what the problem. average raise for a movie on WeFunder is, do you? Uh, so I can try to find that out. When you guys are, are talking, I'm going to do that analysis. In the back. Oh, great. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I sat down with a few people, um, my pal, Maceo, um, yeah. who, who did uh, Take Me Take to me Tarzana. To Tarzana yeah. um, and Maceo is awesome. Yeah, he's, he's so, so positive, so sweet. I've known yeah. him actually for a long, long time. My um, childhood friend went to college with him. Um, hmm. But so I had like a decent amount of anecdotal evidence of like, oh, like these people who are like in the same world as me are raising significant yeah. amount of money you know yeah. um and again i don't want to make it sound like we just you know launch the page and now we're rich you know mm-hmm. um it's still a significant grind and there are like a lot of complicated hard parts of it you know um but that gave me a lot of uh i was very excited and felt more confident about making it happen in the first place um, um 240k is the answer thank you for oh, talking wow. there for a few seconds matt because you enabled sure. me to run that analysis sure, sure. 240k the average is the average yeah wow um, that's high. for the movies that we funded so uh take me to tarzana raised 170k um the beta test um raised um 400k no that's uh, jim cummings movie right that's mm-hmm. jim cummings yeah Natalie metzger yeah. voyage media um Raised 376k. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, the thing is, like, you look at someone like Jim Cummings, who's got this, like, giant social media following. And, you know, he probably could have raised a ton of money on Kickstarter as well. But WeFunder gives him, it's probably, you feel better about that money <laughs> you're raising. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I think someone like Matt or me or someone that doesn't have, like, you know, hundred hundreds of thousands of, followers mm-hmm. um the fact that you're i'm looking at your page today when we record this i'm sure this will not be true when this airs but you have seventy eight thousand forty five dollars raised from 96 investors uh and you you guys obviously are promoting it on facebook and everything but you i feel like so much of that money is not coming from you guys just like begging your friends and family to invest it's coming from people that are like that you don't know that are genuinely interested and discovered the movie through WeFunder. Do you know what yeah. percentage of your investors are, um, or of are the strangers? investment? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, I think that it's the, it, the first, so, so we, WeFunder has like very specific, um, thresholds in terms of when they promote you and when, um, you're live on the site and all sorts of things like that. And so, I think that the amount of money raised at the very beginning was mostly friends and family. And then slowly as it gains momentum, uh, more strangers become a part of the project. Yeah, that's that's very typical. So in the early days, um, usually, you know, the, the movie maker or the founder is going to their network, um, friends, family, people that are close to them. This is how I would run a campaign. Then they're going kind of to the more extended network, news, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, kind of a little bit more outbound marketing. And then the WeFunded investors, it's basically the more traction you get from your own outreach, the more visibility you will get with our investor base. And when they click on the campaign, they'll see more traction. So they'll read more and, and consider investing like social proof and credibility. So that's that's very typical. On, on average, across all WeFunded campaigns, We've now funded about $120 million um, uh, to, uh, to uh, a, few, a few more than 300 um, companies over the last few years. And uh, about 50-50, it's split between first-time investors to WeFunder and repeat existing WeFunder investors who are making repeat investments. Um, in the movie sector, I honestly don't know how that breaks down. Um, it could be it could be more or, or it could be less. I, I would somehow imagine that it's probably 
Uh, more are coming from first-time investors. So maybe it's like 60-40 or two-thirds, one-third, where it's coming from new, more of the money is coming from new investors. Just because I think WeFunders existing investor base historically has been more interested in tech companies or, you know, and, and movies is a relatively new theme for us that Legion M have really been pushing. And with Jim and from the beta test, he's sent like probably a dozen uh, filmmakers our way and said, yeah, this is a, could be a great option for you guys. So I would imagine it's it's probably more coming from your network um, than the typical campaign, but it'd be an interesting uh, analysis. I probably won't be able to do that one in the time it takes you guys to say <laughs> this thing, but maybe in the show notes. How about that? Sure, the show notes. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um, this is crazy. When I type in film into the search on WeFunder, the first, the top thing that comes up is what are you doing New Year's? Oh, good. Matt's movie. But if I type uh, in movie, the first thing that comes up is uh, that Christmas movie. Oh, sure. Well, I think um, the title of what are you doing New Year's is actually film colon. Yeah. What are you doing New Year's? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Invest uh, just because I wanted people movie. to, I wanted people to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's. Um, I suspect that there's maybe a little bit of. An advantage for films right now in that it's there aren't a ton relative to the rest of the investment opportunities and everybody knows what a movie is and everyone watches movies yeah you know so that i think there's like a little bit more glamour than you know some of these other really great ideas that are hopefully quite profitable as well but it's easy to you know throw a couple hundred bucks at a at a movie because it's fun to talk about you know i think, I think one of the things that um people use WeFunder for, and I mean investors, right? Of course, you're looking to make a return um, and and make money. Um, that's you kind of, most of our investors are evaluating that and how they're making their decision on who to invest in. But I think another huge part of it is like, you know, being an angel investor is cool. You get to like be a part of creating something. You get to like be a part of that team. Maybe there are perks uh, along with, uh, their investment typically um i'm not sure about what you guys have in terms of perks but we've seen some movies where it's like if you invest five thousand dollars and you come to get you get to come mm -hmm. and hang out on the set with us you know we get to come to our premiere um and so that element of like you know this isn't just about the financial returns but it's about being a part of something getting involved with hollywood you know making mm -hmm. movies that's like really cool that like most people don't get to be a part of and especially if you're like in that world, you're an actor, you're an actress, or you're an aspiring producer, or you're like studying uh, movies in college, then to get to be able to like participate in that for a hundred bucks in a way that's normally exclusively reserved to millionaires uh, is is really cool. And I think that's a, a lot of the motivation for probably the majority of our investor base. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. It's, um, it's easy to forget how fun making movies is. And, yeah. I, and I would say that also we email every single one of our investors and ask them, you know, what, what why, basically, you know, what did yeah. you like about it? And I think there was a lot of anecdotal evidence that, to back up that, that point. Yeah. Wait, you email your investors and ask them why they decided to invest? Yeah. And then you take their answers and feed them to the next investor? <laughs> it's like a well, pyramid scheme. I think we try to figure out what we're doing right, you know? And I think one of the things that they talk about is like, uh, you know, that we are quite prompt in terms of responding to people even when they ask hard questions, I think has been a thing that multiple people have, have brought up. Um, and so I think that all kind of speaks to the point of just like how much energy and work it takes to do one of these raises. Yes. Right. Cool. Well, can you, Johnny, can you give us any tips from these 18 films that have been funded on WeFunder of like any advice, like what, what you've seen works and any advice as to what you've seen doesn't work? Yeah. Um, so I think that um, would, would highly recommend, it's kind of going back to what I said earlier. Like if you uh, couldn't raise any money if WeFunder didn't exist, like you'll probably struggle to raise money in a world where you're trying to raise it on WeFunder, right? So it's almost like try to kind of, raise money uh initially like try to find investors you know pitch pitch people um 
through kind of private solicitation, which is where you're just pitching people privately and, and start to get, you know, some interest and start to see kind of what it or like put together the terms of the of the offering, right? And like how are we going to distribute uh, profits here um, and start to think through um, some of these things. And then if you can start to get some bites and some interest and uh, people are, you know, taking a look at you and connecting you to other people, then at that point, I think um, WeFunder can be a platform that can help to accelerate that. And then, you know, once you launch a campaign, I think um, probably similarly to if you've done a Kickstarter before, it's like, you know, start with people that are closest to you. I, I use this language of concentric circles. So if I was running a, a WeFunder, I would start with like my mom and dad and my sister and, uh, you know, my kind of close friends and family uh, and, and people that have known me for years. Um, and I try to get them to come in um, sooner through like individual outreach on the phone, meeting them in person for coffee. Um, then, do you have to have a minimum investment? Like, could you literally have them each put a dollar in or is there, I know like on Matt's film, there's a hundred dollar minimum investment. Yeah. We're not quite Bernie Sanders levels uh, or, <laughs> or Yang gang levels. Uh, Got to get my Yang gang in there. But a hundred dollars is the, uh, is the minimum that we allow on the platform. Oh, across WeFunder. Interesting. Yes, okay. um, you can set a higher minimum. So you can set a minimum of $1,000 if you want, somewhere between that $100 and a $1,000 range. Oh, interesting. Um, and so then once you've done the kind of inner concentric circle, then you spread out to like social media or if you have an email list that you've been building up. Um, obviously, if you did a Kickstarter campaign before, you've got those emails of Kickstarter backers, so you can email them. Um, and then, you know, maybe there's like uh, podcasts or blogs or um, some sort of, uh, you know, um, PR that you can get around it as you go to those outer concentric circles. Um, but I think starting with the people that know you best is is a good uh, good plan of attack. Cool. And then, um, uh, uh, and then in terms of like the actual content, do you feel like people respond to, like, you know, it, it seems, I mean, from Matt's movie, it seems like people are responding to the material, but also the team that yeah. has kind of, you know, especially Chrissy, the director has like, as an actor, has like a lot of yes. really well-known credits and things like that. Yeah, I think team is super important. I think one thing as well, just going back to the differentiation of, of WeFunder and people's motivations for investing versus like a Kickstarter is, is the economics, right? So if you can set out, like, this is my plan for how I'm going to spend the money and then how we're going to make the money. You know, here are some, here are some comparisons of other other movies that have you know had a similar budget with with these kind of outcomes you know if it's like if you're a if, if it's like the last three movies i made all all were profitable that's the kind of information which when an investor sees that they're like oh that's cool there's like if an investor is investing in a tech startup ceo you know if his last company exited was bought by salesforce for a billion dollars then he's going to have a lot of investors lining up for the next company. Um, so, so is the case here. If you had a, a good economic financial outcome on the last movie, highlighting that is a pretty compelling data point for anyone looking at the campaign. Right. Cool. Uh, Oren, I, I am looking to you to, to put on your skepticism hat. Yes. And ask us some hard questions here. Be right? Mean, because, okay, yeah. if you're sure, I got <laughs> a lot of them. Because I'm like, you know, I'm in the middle of the raise, you know, uh, the shit hasn't hit the fan for me entirely yet. Like, we're, we had a really great week, you know, and so it's harder for me to, I can tell you what I'm worried about about making this movie, but like, that's a different question, right? So, Oren, I know you've got something up your sleeve. What do you got? Uh, well, I guess for starters, and I know this is with all crowdfunding, like if I, if the, I have to hit 60 grand to make my, to get the money and I'm at 50 grand, is there anything stopping me from putting in the t last 10 grand myself? Uh, yeah, we, that is not uh, allowed. Um, so technically, if we see a founder do that to get themselves over the hump, we would ban that. It's a blurred line, right? Because it's like, well, if I like kind of give my dad 10 K and then he invests in me, is that okay? And so it's quite hard to police and practice. Um, but kind of technically the answer is no, you're not supposed to do that. Because even if you come $1 short of your, 
your kind of minimum goal, then you don't get anything, right? And you've kind yeah. of spent this money building, putting together this LLC, getting the CPA, yeah. taxes, all that stuff, and you yeah, end up is, with it. Which is why I'm often discouraging people from launching events because that's just a terrible outcome for everyone. I think if you get really close, right, then like you, if you can raise like 58K, you know, you're pretty compelling as a, as a person that's like pitching your investment. And you've got a decent network and now you've got hundreds of investors in or dozens of investors and so if you can get that close like it's almost certain that you'll you'll be able to raise the next 2k just from like hustle um but uh yeah if you if you get to 40k and you minimum of 60k then uh, that's a painful painful failure for everyone in that situation, would you allow extending the campaign? Like, oh, we just want to extend it by a week because we think we can hit it? Yes, you can uh, extend the deadline of your campaign. Um, the maximum that we allow companies to raise for uh, is eight months. So it's uh, quite a long time. Oh, yeah, that is a good amount of time. And well, then and also, uh, there are like, there are specific rules about how long you can raise, right? Where it's like, if you go over six months, you have to refile something or. Yeah so, yeah, so for you guys, um, if you go beyond April 30th, uh, you'll need to submit 2019 financials as well. Um, ah, yes. So de depending on kind of when you launch the campaign in the year, you need the financials from the previous two years. So, um, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, eight months is the. And then once, just out of curiosity, like, so let's say Matt raises like 100 grand at the end of, by the end of their campaign. How do they get that money? Does it, is it like a check or it just transfers into your bank account or how? Yeah, it's cash, uh, right? Yeah. So essentially, we will um, wire it to the bank account of uh, the LLC. And then, and, and we'll, WeFunder we'll takes subtract, a cut, right? Yes. I was just going to say, we subtract a. So part of the cynical thing is like, yeah, we do charge for this. Um, we charge 7.5% of the amount that you raise. So if you raise 100 grand, we keep seven and a half thousand dollars and send you two and a half thousand dollars. Okay, and then um, how once like the in, the investment the funding round is closed or whatever the terminology is, how is there accountability? Like, how can the investors keep track of what's being done with the money? Are there like SEC yeah. rules of like reporting or anything like that? That's a good question. So um, the SEC. Uh, requires that um, companies that run a regulation crowdfunding campaign, th this is what the, the, the federal exemption, the way of raising capital is called regulation crowdfunding, sometimes abbreviated to Reg CF. Um, but if you run a regulation crowdfunding campaign, you need to file uh, three annual reports with the SEC. Um, we've built a tool that enables you to do that. Um, you need to provide financial updates on, on the business. Um, they do not need to be reviewed by an independent CPA, but you do need to provide um, financial updates um, every, uh, you know, um, before the end of the um, tax year. Um, so, uh, you know, Matt would do it in like 2021, 2023, um, as long as the company is still, still operating through there. Um, but that's the only kind of uh, reporting requirement and and that's a pretty light one, right? Cool. And that's um just another reason to have a separate entity, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. yeah, we have a tool that you can do that through the WeFunder platform, and we take care of distributing that to all your investors. Yeah, I imagine by using WeFunder, you are saving. Like I know when I've, uh, I made a movie and we, you know, did it the traditional way, just trying to meet rich people and seeing if they'll give us their money. Uh. And we had a lawyer, we had, you know, we had a lot of people that we paid to help us with taking these investments and making it all yeah. kosher. Yes. And so I imagine that's actually a, a good chunk of spending you don't have to do because WeFunder is, is kind of facilitating a lot of that for you. That's right. I normally, you know, a movie um, company will kind of pay a lawyer to, to get the investment contract um, set up at the outset. Um, or, you know, we have now kind of template agreements um, that you might be able to recycle to, to save some costs there. But then that investment contract is what you're offering to all investors and it's kind of take it or leave it, right? 
And in some respects, that that you might then have some investors who, well, they, they want this special term or this special clause in the contract, and so they're not willing to invest because there's there's not much flexibility. Um, but uh, you know, on the other hand, yeah, you don't have to worry about incurring legal fees for every new investor that you put on. Um, and by the way, that investor that that wants that special term, if they're going to write you a large enough check, then you can always just um, run a Kind of open up a separate what's called a regulation B round and take that money from them as long as they're an accredited investor outside of WeFunder in parallel. So we're not even kind of you know preventing you from, from taking taking that money either. Um, but uh, yeah, um, that's that's how one of the ways in which hopefully we can streamline some of the administrative uh, costs and pain of uh, raising money. Right. And Johnny, remind me, what did we agree just shoot it earns on every film that Cyan is up hereafter? Was it uh, five or, or I think seven it was, percent? Um, 20, 29 percent of the yeah. uh, amount yeah, yeah. raised, right? Yeah, just yeah, kidding. you're a great negotiator. Just so that's, kidding. Yeah, yeah. We'll do 23 percent <laughs> just so that us and we funder together will be 30. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think honestly, most of my skepticism was eviscerated by your campaign. I don't think it's a secret to our listeners that I'm not a big fan of crowdfunding. I think it's weird to ask your friends to give you money so you can, you know, do your hobby or whatever, you know? Um, but uh, but I that I do think WeFunder is very cool because it's not asking your friends for money. It's like asking people to invest in a business that you're building. And yeah. I think uh, it's important for our listeners to know that the, kind of barrier to entry is significant like we talked about you have to invest some money you have to make a video you have to uh build out a compelling plan yeah yeah and like you said johnny you have to kind of put some kindling in there to get the fire started before you get the momentum but for me i don't know i like my experience over the last two weeks has been just talking to my wife like whoa kara do you know they raised Matt and Chrissy raised like $35,000. Oh, do you know they raised 40000 Do you know 45000 And then Matt's like, yeah, I think we might have twenty coming in from some investor. And I'll be like, how did you meet this investor? Because I want to meet them. And Matt says, oh, I just met them through WeFunder. And it's just like, I've, you know, we've heard of many, many, many people raising money for their films. And I've never kind of seen it go this way before. So I'm like, the skeptic in me is gone. Oh, man. Um, all right, oh, man. I like you. You can come to work for WeFunder on our business development team uh, anytime <laughs> the uh, movie movie making doesn't work out. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, it's not like Matt, you know, it's not like this team of people is coming from nowhere. They have, like, so right. much experience put together, but they're not celebrities. And so I think yeah. it's, like, this kind of sweet spot between yes. the first-time yes. filmmaker and um, Zach Braff, you know, yeah, that, that's actually uh, a great. I think that's a really, really powerful insight. It kind of t- it kind of ties to what I was saying earlier. Like, if WeFunder didn't exist, if you really just wouldn't be able to raise any money, then like, mm, we're probably not going to be able to like suddenly help you raise two hundred grand, right? But but exactly right. It's like that that kind of like um, sweet spot in between the celebrity of like a Jim Cummings and you know someone that's like a total total novice. I mean, we can help. I would say even if it's your first movie. We've seen, you know, for be successful, you can you can make that work. But I think you're right. The the sweet spot is uh, is yeah, um, uh, where where Matt and the team are at. Yeah, people that have that have the goods to back it up, um, and are just looking to connect to the people that are interested. So. Yeah. Well, um, that's that was uh, great, guys. I think um, it's it, it's funny to hear you say all of that, Oren, because like as a person who hasn't slept in a month and is like, um, you know, prepping the movie and also, you know, watching the money come in and all of that stuff. I think, uh, you know, I, I do want to just make sure that everybody knows, like we were early to market. We've got a very specific plan, you know, it's a Christmas movie. And so it's got, it's a genre movie effectively. It's like a, a horror movie or an action movie, you know, it's got repeat viewing potential. Like there's a lot of very specific things that we baked in, uh, and it, I think it is interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see once more movies hit the uh, hit the the crowdfunding scene, 
because I think we're still, you know, pretty new, right? And there are other platforms out there that are doing it as well. But like, there was another Christmas movie on WeFunder, mm-hmm. and so we immediately drew comparisons. People were like, "Well, these people did X, Y, and Z. Are you going to do the same?" Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that as the marketplace becomes more populated with films, I think that it will become a a different landscape. Obviously, and I'm very excited and very curious to see how it all pans out because I think that it is on filmmakers ethically and as like a a bigger picture sort of for for the good of all other artists you know to to put your money where your mouth is and really like you know make it work make it do your very hardest to make sure that the film is successful so that you don't ruin it for everyone else good note to end on stop ruining (laughs) things for me (laughs) yeah right exactly exactly uh well johnny this was great can you stick around and endorse with us yeah absolutely unpaid endorsements so my unpaid endorsement i learned about from wefunder actually um it's the uh web app calendly um which is what you guys all use to schedule meetings with people so it's so good if anyone is ever like, oh man, like, you know, when can I find a time to meet with you? You send them a Calendly link and, you know, the increment can either be 15 or 30 or an hour and it will just give them the options of times. You, cl- you know, the other person clicks what time they're free and then everybody's set up on their, uh, on their uh, calendar, basically. So it's a way of giving people visibility without like them seeing every little meeting and thing you have carved out in your day. Cool. Johnny, is that an accurate way of describing Calendly? Yes. Um, I, Calendly is awesome. Uh, it saves me just so much time in, in terms of scheduling. Highly, highly endorse it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. I'm going to endorse three things. As usual, they're all lazy endorsements. But uh, I'm going to do them. Wait, hold on. Three things. I just, how did I just forget one of them? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, first one is, I feel like everyone, at least in Hollywood, in LA, like whenever you go to any party at this time of year, everyone is just talking about what movie, like all like the award season movies. And, um, and I know everyone in LA knows about this movie, Uncut Gems, uh, with Adam Sandler, but it's just like so good. I don't think it was nominated for anything, but I highly recommend it for our listeners to see it because it's, uh, it's just like a nonstop adrenaline rush uh, with like amazing performances, great storytelling, and just like the filmmaking is uh, really, really good. It's kind of a stressful movie. I wouldn't go if I was like, um, I wouldn't watch it on drugs or anything, but uh, but I really enjoyed it. Matt almost saw it with me, but then he he agreed. He decided not to, even though it was at the movie theater across the street from his house. <laughs> um, That's <is> true. <laughs> my second endorsement uh, it is, they're not paying us for this, so this does not count at all as a paid endorsement. But, um, you know, Musicbed was one of our sponsors, and I wasn't really using them while they were sponsoring us because I didn't really have a need for any music. But I've been editing this uh, podcast, this scripted podcast that my friend and I made, and uh, I used almost exclusively Musicbed music. And I, the more I used it, like the more I kind of fell in love with it because it just felt like, it did not feel like library music in the way that like my previously favorite music library, extreme music started to feel <laughs> like everything started feeling so familiar to me and music bed really like let me discover kind of these sounds that felt um, more like just real music. I don't know, like stuff you would hear on the radio. It's hard because a lot of their stuff has lyrics and they don't have a lot of instrumental stuff, but, um, but I'm really getting into it. And then my third thing kind of related on that note is uh, I have this like gigantic sound effects library. I think I have like 600 gigs of sound effects. Um, but uh, when I was editing this podcast, I I had found a ton of audio on YouTube. Like I wanted a, a ambience of like a food court at a mall and nothing in my sound effects library was quite right. So I just like tried to find videos of people like walking around malls and not talking, not saying anything. And I like would just pulled audio uh, from all these places on YouTube. I don't even, it's probably not even legal to do it. Um, but uh, 
I, I just found like the, like the best audio on YouTube because like I needed sounds of a drone flying and you just like look up a drone video and then you just, you know, rip the video off YouTube and pull out the audio. And, uh, it's just like my new favorite place to find, um, like ambience and sound effects. And, uh, just like if I'm setting a scene at a high school, I just like go look for like a high school, you know, volleyball game and I can just pull the audio out and put in the background of my, uh, of my clip. And so those are, I'm just really enjoying YouTube for audio as like a a source for audio for my editing. That's it. (laughs) Well, uh, Johnny, that's a real smattering of different endorsements. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to give you three examples of the the types of things. Even even if, even with that uh, significant amount of time, (laughs) I have terrible endorsements, but uh, I'm going to endorse eight sleep. So my wife and I got eight, eight sleep, which is like an electronic uh, heated uh, mattress. And uh, I think it's... What's like, it called? It's called eight, like the number eight sleep. And uh, I guess it's like a little bit sexed up versus like conventional, like heated mattresses that like my mom and dad used to have uh, like 50 years ago. Because it's like an app on your phone, so you can like set it and then kind of, you know, if you're just going to get in bed in like 15 minutes time, you can like set it to come on so that then like by the time you get in, it's like super warm and uh, and then it can like go off after 30 minutes or so. So I think that's helping me sleep more. I have two young kids, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And so mm-hmm. any extra minutes of sleep are highly, highly valued. So I would uh, endorse eight sleep. And then the other one, huge self-call. Uh, but uh, we have this podcast, Adventure Capital, um, for WeFunder, uh, yeah. where we basically just interview founders. Um, we're starting to do a few others as well. We interviewed a securities lawyer recently on uh, sexing up securities law. She was really awesome. But uh, we, we interviewed Jim Cummings of uh, the Beta Test on his experience um, raising capital on WeFunder. Um, so especially for your audience, uh, we it's another uh, kind of you know interview, probably a 45-minute interview on um, you know, his experience uh, raising WeFunder, he tells he tells this really funny story of how he raised, like, uh, he raised some money super quick. And then uh, he had to, he actually had to, like, uh, kick people out of the round because he was oversubscribed. And I, th- I can't remember the uh, co-producer's uh, uh, name, but his dad <laughs> was one of the people that they had to kick out. Uh, so they had to kick out the his coverage's dad because they were oversubscribed, which I thought was like pretty kind of sad. But also, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's adventure capital. Uh, I wish sorry, we all had Jim Cummings problems like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wait, and sorry, what's the name of the podcast? One more time. Uh, adventure capital. And is it on iTunes and everywhere? Yes, you anywhere you would podcast? find your podcast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Cool. Um, and then how about you, if we want to find you on social media, do you tweet or yes, Instagram? Yes, or... I'm uh, J-O-N-N-Y-C Price, Johnny C. Price on Twitter and uh, yeah, LinkedIn. I'm Johnny at WeFunder.com, J-O-N-N-Y at WeFunder.com if you want to email me. And uh, yeah, I'll either speak to me or someone on my team about um, that, yeah, uh, going a little bit deeper on where you're at and whether WeFunders are good, good fit for you to work with them. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking to us. Uh, if you want to find out more about the podcast or uh, have any questions for us, you can email us at justshootitpod at gmail.com. Uh, we are on all social media at justshootitpod. Matt is at Mr. Matt Enlow. I'm mostly on Instagram at OKaplan. And this episode was edited by Jonathan Luna. Our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And the music you're listening to is from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>